Non-rock-a-boatus must stop. I don't want to rock the boat. I want to sink it. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy, or are you going to bite? Brett, delusional is okay in your worldview. I'm an animal. You don't chastise chickens for being delusional. You don't chastise pigs for being delusional. So you calling me delusional using your worldview is perfectly okay. It doesn't really hurt. <laughs> she hung up on me. Yeah! Yeah! What? What? Desperate times call for faithful men and not for careful men. The careful men come later and write the biographies of the faithful men, lauding them for their courage. Go into all the world and make disciples. Not go into the world and make buddies. Not to make brosives. Right. Don't go in the world and make homies. Right. Disciples. Well, I, yeah. got, I got a bit of a jiggle neck. <laughs> That's a joke, Pastor. When we have the real message of truth, we cannot let somebody say they're speaking truth when yeah. they're not. You shall not give any of your children to offer them to Moloch, and so profane the name of the Lord your God. I am the Lord. You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. And you shall not lie with any animal, and so make yourself unclean with it. Neither shall any woman give herself to an animal to lie with it. It is perversion. Do not make yourselves unclean by any of these things, for by all these the nations I am driving out before you have become unclean. And the land became unclean so that I punished its iniquity, and the land vomited out its inhabitants. But you shall keep my statutes and my rules and do none of these abominations, either the native or the stranger who sojourns among you. For the people of the land who were before you did all of these abominations so that the land became unclean lest the land vomit you out when you make it unclean as it vomited out the nation that was before you for everyone who does any of these abominations the persons who do them should be cut off from among the people so keep my charge never to practice any of these abominable customs that were practiced before you and never to make yourselves unclean by them i am the lord your god that's leviticus chapter 18 y'all Starting in verse 21, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Apologia Radio. This is the gospel heard around the world, everybody. You can get more at ApologiaStudios.com. That's A-P-O-L-O-G-I-A Studios, ApologiaStudios.com. Go there. Uh, Actually, just want to encourage you all with this. We are working very, very hard on the website right now. We have a new website coming. Uh, We're planning it by the end of the month, the release of the new website, Much easier to navigate. Uh, Just a big blessing to all of you guys who are partners with us in this ministry. We have new content coming uh, by way of new shows uh, that are exclusive just for our partners in ministry that do this with us. Uh, We have Collision, of course, Ask Me Anything. We even have Sheologians doing some stuff that you can can get in every month. You can talk to Sheologians live only through All Access. Uh, We want to bless. We also have the Academy. We have new stuff being filmed, er, like right now, being cut right now for the Academy. 
And so we want to make uh, All Access with Apologia Studios a great blessing to all of you who bless us to make all this ministry possible. So if you've seen stuff through Apologia Studios, whether it's the on-the-street evangelism or the sermons or the talks or whatever's going on, the public debates, all of that was brought to you by brothers and sisters just like you who have been a part of this ministry with us, many of them since the very, very beginning. So Apologia Studios... End of the month, new website, easier to navigate, much, much more beautiful, and um, it's just going to be great. We're working our way to an app for you all as well. Uh, you can partner with us right now, sign up for All Access. When you do, you're going to help us to make all of this just so much better and, and more of a benefit and blessing to all of you. Don't forget also, as I say at the beginning of every show, if you haven't done it yet, you are truly, truly missing out. Trust me. Uh, Dr. Greg Bonson, one of the greatest theologians and philosophers in the history of the Christian Church, to my mind, um, gave us an amazing treasury, um, and uh, we have it at Apologia Studios. It was a gift to us by the Bonson family, and uh, they've entrusted it to us, and so you will have access to all of Dr. Greg Bonson's uh, recorded messages, his lectures, his seminary courses, all that stuff, and it is absolutely free for you to access. And a uh, big thank you again to All Access uh, uh, supporters and partners with us in ministry. The reason that's free to everybody is because you are helping to pay for that. So every time somebody clicks to learn from Dr. Bonson, that is also given to you by all of our All Access partners in ministry. And so thank you for that. But sign up at BonsonU at ApologiaStudios.com. It's free to get the account. It's free to start growing and learning. It will truly bless you. If you said, hey, I, you know, I, I want to go to seminary. I want to learn. I want to get trained, but I can't uproot my family, go somewhere. You know, I can't invest all of that. Well, just sign up for All Access. Uh, sorry, the Bonson U at, at Apologia Studios. And when you do, you're going to get the seminary-level education absolutely for free from one of uh, Christendom's best. And so that is what's up, everybody. I am Jeff the Common Ninja. That's Luke the Bear. What up? And that is Joy the Girl. Hello. She's from Sheologians as well. If you guys want to go check that out, go to ApologiaStudios.com. You can listen to all the Sheologians stuff. Candy's been listening a lot lately, actually. I noticed that. Yeah. She's been sharing. Yeah. Actually, I think we talked at length about her in an episode that she listened to. So Did you? It's, she, What'd you she's, say? We were talking about her bread. Oh, yeah. Man, you know about her bread. bread. Yeah, I do know about her bread. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, today... Uh, I had fresh uh, baked, made by hand sourdough bread for breakfast, and then she had these two massive loaves that she made, uh, and it was cranberry, white chocolate, and pistachio mm -hmm. uh, sourdough bread, which is uh, what you know, year? Off, what off year the of hissy. the Lord is the uh, strand of that bread? Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's, Civil War. Yeah, that, that weird. Like women are like, this uh, sourdough is uh, is from 1789. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. that's funky. <laughs> is it if it if it's that old? I don't. How want old it. is her sourdough? Yeah, though? I I heard a woman and I heard a woman talking to a woman in an aisle at Fry's having a conversation about how her, her sourdough starter, and she was like, "Yeah, I'm trying to get into bread making." She's like, "Oh, I'm proud of a bread making community, honey." She goes, <laughs> I, "I I'm listening to this go on." She's like, "My sourdough is from 1776." Like it was like that. She was like, and a woman's like, "It's that old," and I was just like, "Man, you know that's funky. It smells." My like feet. sourdough was there for the Constitution signing. Yeah, that's right. My sourdough is predates the Lord Himself. It's very patriotic. <laughs> Seven. 1776 it's old yeah it's weird about sourdough starters though it's like you know these things are you have a portion of it you save and make and then pull back and all that stuff some of these really genuinely are old but the thing about sourdough starters is that someone's like hey i'll give you some sourdough starter but you may not actually want it 
And the reason why is because sourdough starters that are like made in someone's house, they pick up the flavors of that person's home. Mm-hmm. And so you're if getting a little essence. You of... get the essence of their house. Yeah. Hmm. And so, you know, so depending so on who that your, is. Yeah, know who the host is. I love you and the Lord loves you, but some of y'all have some stinky houses. I you prefer know? Uh, essence of Martha Washington. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, have you, ever, have you ever walked into someone's house and you're like, man, I love you and the Lord loves you, but this, uh, this is an interesting smell. But you smell. let your cats climb on your kitchen yeah, counter. There's an so. interesting smell here. <laughs> I love you. Not judging you, but it's, uh, it's, it's pungent. It's a bit pungent in here. Yeah. yeah. I went into someone's house once and um, it was a friend and uh, this is back when I was like national karate team. You had to train once a month with another partner from the team somewhere. And um, and so I went to her house because she had like a finished basement and you could train down there. And I was like 16 years old. But I remember I walked in and her dad was cooking chitlins. Oh, um, and I'll tell you what, there ain't a smell in the world like a good old pot of chitlins. That'd be the intestines. Yeah. Of the animal. And, you know, so and, don't get that sourdough is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm saying if, <laughs> if a sourdough starter is being made in the chitlin house. <laughs> You may want to p- take a pass on that. Yeah, it's a hard pass. Take the chitlins, leave the <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe nice. not. All yeah. right, so uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, how you doing? You're tired. I'm tired. You just got back last night late. Yeah, we had a lot of... Apparently, there was like Category 5 hurricanes or something here in Phoenix last night, so, so our uh, flight was very much delayed. Some weird... It's it's global warming, obviously, because it's been Clearly. freezing in California and in Arizona. Um, but uh, yeah, when we were in California... Uh, it was bone chilling cold. I mean, talking like I've so never, it was like sixty. For I've you? never felt that in California. It was cold. It was really, really cold. And then it snowed like two days after we left. It actually snowed in L.A. Yeah, it snowed. You oh. didn't hear that? It yeah, snowed. I saw someone in San Diego. Oh no, I did hear that. Was yeah. like it's yeah. snowing at my house right yeah. now. Yeah, What's it's going snowed on? here last night. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just like a little Scottsdale. It's Scottsdale. Yeah. yeah, it got cold. Yeah, you were coming home. I knew you were getting on the flight. <clears throat> I was coming home, and it was just pitch black sky, and it's still light outside, but it was dark, and wind was going crazy, and I saw that no flights were going up or down from the airport, because it's right by my house, and then I was like, Luke's getting stuck, for sure. Yep, I got to hang out with old Pastor Zach, and and old Salt Lake City, and just... Every time I've been in Salt Lake the last year, I've been delayed hours. Yeah. 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 Gotta get it together. Get it together, Mormons. Get it together, Mormons. (laughs) It's them. I mean, it's their it's fault. It's all the Mormons. Just kidding. Uh, hey, so I have uh, some some good news, interesting news, actually. I'm um, excited about this. Many of you guys have, if you've been keeping up and you've seen the last couple of weeks of episodes, we did do, uh, I think, an episode recently, and we've done some highlights from that on Apologia Studios, on uh, the gay theologian, uh, the Reverend Brandon Robertson, uh, popular gay theologian, uh, apostate uh, from the Christian faith. Um, he is very popular uh, globally in terms of somebody who's representative of a person who professes faith in Jesus and claims to believe at least some of the Bible um, and tries to make a case for uh, gay Christianity, that you can be gay and Christian, a follower of Jesus and uh, a homosexual, uh, and so and be involved in a homosexual lifestyle. And so he believes that, he teaches that, he's got lots of content on YouTube and on TikTok. He's been involved in even some public discussions with Dr. Michael Brown Mm. and others. Uh, And so we have been posting some highlights, the team has, and yesterday a highlight went up on uh, Instagram. And uh, Brandon Robertson 
actually responded. And I think he said something, forgive me if I don't get this exactly right, something to the effect that uh, why don't we just talk in person rather than a hypothetical. And so which we responded immediately, said absolutely. I think we said how's next Tuesday sound. And you got to give the man credit. Uh, appreciate the, the, the uh, appreciate the courage and the desire to have a dialogue. And so we are scheduled right now. He's agreed to it. We're scheduled to be here in the studio uh, next week. And you guys will probably catch that episode next Thursday during the same time as this. And so Brandon Robertson has agreed to come on and have a discussion. It will be Dr. James White, myself, and Brandon Robertson so as to keep uh, the amount of people down uh, that are in here talking to Brandon. So excited about that. Uh, I think it's going to be an important discussion. I think it'll be benefit people on both sides of this discussion. So thank you to Brandon Robertson for agreeing to have the discussion. Yeah, very thankful for that. Yeah. Is he going to actually, wait, I don't know where he's from. I think you he's going to zoom in. Uh, he def- yeah, okay. Definitely will be zooming in. Okay, I, from, okay so I, I think I was right about that. He, he was going to Moody. Uh, in the past, when I knew about him in the past, I did see him on my, on my friends list on Facebook, and you know he said that he used to watch videos of of our stuff when we're engaging with Mormons right. back in the day. And um, I think, or I I feel like he's in the East Coast now, but I know that I know that I heard before he was going to Ireland. I think to go to Trinity to get a PhD. Um, huh? And so I'm not sure if he's in Ireland now. Uh, he may have already told James that to O'Brien's me. James O'Brien's in the chat thread. He's go get him, James. Who who is James O'Brien? Oh, James O'Brien. James O'Brien. There you go, James O'Brien. Uh, so everybody, be looking forward to that next week on Apologia Radio, a uh, discussion between Dr. James White, myself, and Brandon Robertson. And so today we want to have a discussion uh, some more since we're having the discussion with Brandon. We thought we'd examine some of the things that he says to get you guys ready, to let you get to know Brandon Robertson and have us engage a bit with them. So this is sort of a preliminary uh, start to the discussion and uh, to introduce you all to Brandon Robertson so you know what he says, what he teaches, what he believes. And uh, then I also wanted to talk a bit, just for a moment, about the UFO or UAP situation. Uh, UAP uh, was for a while you know being me. used more, uh, but now it's like people going back to UFOs more. Maybe it's just because it's just pop culture. That's how people refer to them. Unidentified aerial phenomenon, UAPs. And so many of you guys have probably heard in the last couple of weeks, we didn't just shoot down a Chinese spy balloon. Uh, we started uh, for days in a row shooting down other unidentified flying objects. And uh, so I'll, I'll prep you for it now for because we're not going to spend a lot of time on it, but we'll at least have some of the discussion. I was just curious from the title I saw, are we doing, is this in gay interpretations of scripture and UFOs? Like, are we, is it a gay interpretation of UFOs as well, or are they two separate? Nah, they could be the same. <laughs> they could be the same. It depends on how, how you want to look at it. Just to spice up the conversation just, a little just bit. Just depends on how you want to look at it. Um, <laughs> so we can, we'll refer to them as they, them. Yeah. That, <laughs> just <yeah>. to be <laughs> inclusive. Um, <laughs> So uh, I wanted to just show you guys, you guys may, may or may not have heard, obviously you've heard about the Chinese spy balloon getting shot down, um, but then uh, shortly after that, uh, for a number of days, uh, a number of other objects were shot down and they, they weren't identified, at least to my knowledge, they may have identified some by now. Um, and, and this discussion about UAPs, UFOs, is going to become a greater and greater uh, discussion uh, and more and more commonplace just because there are, without question, uh, video, uh, there is video evidence and other evidence, data, radar data, and those things 
those sorts of things about physical objects we can't explain that seem to d- defy the laws of physics and those sorts of things. And so we need, we've had these discussions before here on Apologia and on cultish, describing the occultic nature a lot of, of a lot of this. But we need to be ready as Christians not to simply wave our hands and be dismissive to sure. the actual physical evidence, but also be ready to deal with the worldview implications and the clear worldview implications coming from guys like Dr. Stephen Greer, um, who is one of the popular talking heads in the movement. And so we want to prepare you for it because it's, it's always loaded up at the front as a scientific discussion, observational evidence, those sorts of things, and then it moves right into the occult. And you're going to hear that from Stephen Greer today. And before we do, this is going to be pre- get you prepped for it to see why it's an important discussion to have. This was Senator Kennedy, uh, I guess about a week ago or a little over a week ago, saying to lock your doors tonight after he had a meeting uh, giving uh, Congress uh, an update on shooting down objects in the sky. Here this is, is such a weird response, by the way. It was a weird, isn't it? It's such a weird, almost like unprofessional. Yeah. <laughs> right? I saw that. Lock I was like, your, "What? Hey, you're in Congress, bro. You can't tell people to lock your doors." Are they coming tonight. to robber houses. I know. Like, really? <laughs> it was just. It was really. I thought it was strange too. It was really strange. So just, just so you know, this is going to become. A, it's going to. It's. It's becoming a, a, a conversation that you have to have something in and be ready to contribute toward. Uh, it's a conversation happening on the Joe Rogan podcast. Pop culture is having this conversation. Christians need to have an answer. We have had answers for a long time, uh, and we've been trying to do that over the last couple of years. But here you go. Here's what I took away from the briefing. Many people, intentionally or otherwise, have been given the impression that a couple of weeks ago our skies were clear. And then all of a sudden we have spy balloons and other unidentified flying objects raining down on us like confetti. That is not accurate. Um, These objects have been flying over us for years, many years. We've known about those objects for many years. We're not sure that we've known about all of them, but we've known about many of them, except for the Chinese spy balloon. We don't know what they are. What's different about the last two weeks is that we've started shooting them down, but we can't find the remnants, except for the the spy balloon. And that's what I took away from the hearing today. When you so said this has been happening many times, they're lost. They, they, they can't find them. The, the remnants are in very difficult terrain, low temperatures, uh, lots of inclement weather, and they're looking, but they haven't been able to find them. Except. So there you go. That's uh, that is Senator Kennedy uh, talking about the UFOs and Chinese spy balloons. In sorry. I was, I was just going to say, the whole thing is just strange. It's not, he's just, clearly they caught him in the hallway. It's not like a press conference. And he's just like, oh, I'm just going to tell you all these classified, <laughs> all this classified information that we've known for a long time, but we just haven't told you. Let me drop something that'll change and your world it's just, immediately. It just, it just seemed, and don't forget to yes, lock, your lock your doors. It seemed like so, <laughs> yes. like, intentional intentionally like out of place you know right. what i mean like, oh yeah i mean just i, mean, the, 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 I think the unprofessional uh, unprofessionalism of it is what strikes me first yeah. is uh 
These things have been around for a long time. We're only just now shooting them down. We don't know what they are. And by the way, you're not safe. So lock your doors. <laughs> like, it's just we like can't find us. them. We don't know what they are. Yeah. yeah. We don't know how quickly they're going to get to major cities. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. They could be here with us now. I don't know. Yeah. So, 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 I guess the best thing to do is since we're already having the discussion, let's go ahead and we'll, we'll end. We'll, we'll, we'll cut to after this. We'll cut to the uh, Brandon Robertson um uh, working through Leviticus chapter 18. It's going to bless you. I think that conversation is really going to bless you. But since we're here, let's go ahead and have it. Um, you know, it, there there is no way around at this point uh, having to deal with the actual footage. Like, for example, the footage of, um, you know, fighter pilots chasing, you know, objects, uh, glowing orbs, you know, light that appears and darts back and forth and you know, not being able to catch these things, these things diving into water and moving under the water the same way they're moving, you know, out in the sky, uh, you know, chasing one and then it disappears and appears like miles and miles away instantaneously on the radar. There's, you know, there's data for that. You can watch it with your eyes. You can listen to the pilots talking about like, what, what are these things? You know, I can't, they can't catch them. You know, there's no way out of that. However, uh, there is a clear, um, worldview attached to much of this, whether you get into things like uh, Sitchin and the Anunnaki and Planet X and Nibiru, or if you get into Stephen Greer and you watch his movie, and forgive me, I, I'm thinking I'm thinking it was called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind or it's just called The Fifth Kind. We did a talk on this before. If you get into that, you'll see the first 15 minutes, I was just saying this to Joy, the first 15 minutes of that film is like, it's pretty compelling. It's like seems scientific based on observational evidence, those sorts of things, you know, things that comport with the Christian worldview, right? You know, logic, reason, you know, integrity, uh, observational evidence, that kind of stuff. Uh, and then it just switches like on a dime, just doop, turns right away after the first 15 minutes or so, and it goes right into occultism. I mean, it's just straight occultism, communication with spirits, transcendental meditation, remote viewing, non-locality, all of the standard fare, new age and occultic stuff, even that's made its way into like era three medicine. And, you know, uh, we did a thing years ago on like a local chiropractic uh, yeah. practitioner mm -hmm. That was practicing KST, which is essentially occultism and chiropractic care. Um, you know, uh, where you're using techniques like dowsing techniques and getting non and getting binary responses. You know, same stuff you would use with the pendulum. Years ago, was being done in a local chiropractic clinic, and uh, it's just it's just. It's all standard fair new age occultism and communication with spirits. And Stephen Greer was just on the Sean Ryan show, and we love. I mean, we love yes. the Sean Ryan show. I got to message him, by the way. Yeah, we've, in, I need to. Yeah, we've had a friend uh, or friends on the Sean Ryan show. We're hooked up with a lot of Navy SEALs, and uh, that's a huge blessing in our lives. Uh, but uh, we just did a show, actually, with a SEAL who is on uh, Sean Ryan's Eddie show, Eddie Penny. You guys can check that out on Apologia Studios last month or so. And so we love the Sean Ryan show. It's a great guy show. You know, dudes on there, special ops guys, and SEALs, Delta Force, you know, all that to talk about their experiences in combat. I mean, it's just like a man's man's show. Sorry, Joy. It's a man's show. It's, it's, it's so good. It's just bleeding toxic man. It is totally it's... a man's show. <laughs> uh, you know, combat, fighting, courage. It's just, it's great. So highly recommend the Sean Ryan show. Um, obviously, I don't agree with everything Sean Ryan says. It's, it's just a podcast talking to a bunch of awesome men. Um, but uh, I saw, uh, oddly, uh, Steve, Dr. Stephen Greer on Sean Ryan in the last week or so, and I was like, huh, that makes sense. You know, Sean, uh, Stephen Greer, 
commenting on the UFO stuff, UAPs, uh, all this stuff. It would make sense because that's a big discussion being had right now in the public square. And so anyway, I watched it last night. It's about two and a half hours long. And sure enough, just like Dr. Stephen Greer's show, uh, his movie uh, on the fifth kind, making contact with these beings uh, through meditation and seances and all the rest, just like the show, uh, the movie, the Sean Ryan podcast starts off with like two hours of the science and the witnesses and the evidence and all this stuff. And then it just boom turns to this discussion about straight occultism. And, uh, you know, look, this is not a new thing. All right. Like communication with spirits, transcendental meditation, remote viewing, all this stuff. This stuff is as old as the hills. And, um, this stuff has been around forever, and these techniques and this kind of the seances and sorcery and trances uh, is very popular. Man, is it so popular today. It's becoming more and more popular. DMT trips, ayahuasca, all that stuff, taking uh, substances to get into an altered state of consciousness to communicate with the other side. That's a big popular discussion right now. Joe Rogan's had the discussion a bunch, so dudes are getting into that. Guys are taking trips to Mexico and other places to do, like, weekend trips, DMT. Yeah. Uh, Sean Ryan did it. Yeah, he did. Sean Ryan. He said it his life. Yeah, he said it changed his life, like being able to get to this other realm yeah. through the use of psychedelics and then to communicate with the creatures on the other side, all that stuff. And so it's becoming very, very popular. But like I said, it's as old as the hills. And so this is a popular discussion. Stephen Greer fits right into it right now. And so, the again, the Sean Ryan show starts with a very scientific observational evidence, witnesses, all that stuff, and then gets right to, and now here's how you communicate with them. But here's what I, wanted to, here's what I want everyone to see. God condemns this practice. <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter 18, go read it. In God's law, he forbids communication with the dead. He forbids the practices of the nations where they would do this sort of a thing, take substances to communicate with the other side. God uh, forbids spiritism, necromancy, communication with what's, with what's on the other side, because here's, here's the reason why. Because what you're going to make contact with isn't what you think. You're going yeah. to be making contact right. with something that you didn't uh, anticipate. And, um, and so that's God protects his people. You see it in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Like when the Apostle Paul talks about the works of the flesh, he even mentions sorceries. Uh, that would be in line with that same thing, taking substances, communicating with the other side, spiritism, all that. So uh, Christianity, the biblical worldview, forbids this sort of a thing, and locked right into the center of this with Dr. Stephen Greer is not merely a scientific, observational, what is happening here, let's just look at the evidence, look at the witnesses. It is a clear worldview of how do we communicate with these beings across the universe. Yes, here's what he says. Would you consider what you're doing with TE5 remote viewing? Oh, sure. It's a, it's a, it's a more advanced version for the purpose. Uh, so CE5 contacting the app, you'll see the purpose of it is for humans to be able to liaison with these civilizations and bypass the government who have made a mess of this. So one of the things that we, come, we came to realize is that the management of this and it's understandable how it tracked into military and intelligence operations because it's technological and we wanted to know how these things work but the complete management of it that way caused there to be a huge mistake in the relationship between humans and these other civilizations and here here i want to put a button on this 
when we detonated the first atomic bomb and the subsequent ones, um, when those go off, everybody knows what an electromagnetic pulse is. What they don't know is that there's a, a, uh, an attending so-called scalar or longitudinal wave that is faster than the speed of light that disrupts the fabric and communication and, and propulsion guidance systems of extraterrestrial vehicles. This is why they came in in huge force in the 40s and 50s. And this is why every single atomic and nuclear weapon storage facility, processing plant and base and ship has been surveilled by these ET vehicles. Because they, when, when those things are used, it is very, it's like tearing the fabric of space-time. Now, there are a few, Jacques Vallée knows. So pause there for a moment. What he's referring to here is this, and I, I, I'm sorry I didn't pull it up on my computer. Uh, Dr. Stephen Greer has created an app. It's called the CE5 Contact mm. app. And so you can get it on the Google Play Store, uh, the CE5 Contact app. And it's an app that's been created specifically to teach you to communicate with extraterrestrial civilizations, to communicate across the universe millions of light years away with your mind, with your spirit, to these other beings. And so the app itself, um, you know, I'll just read this on the equipment list. Uh, contact work can be done with just a chair and a quiet night. However, use of this app and the recommended and or additional optional items listed below have the potential to make your field experiences easier, such as detecting anomalous activity, initiating communications, or highlighting documenting celestial events. And so he has like recommended stuff like equipment, and that would be chairs, food and drink, and, and the rest. And so uh, there's, a, there's a, a link here on the app where it says contact, uh, follow step-by-step -step instructions for making peaceful contact through CE5. And so it's an app where you're being taught to engage in meditation that involves issues like non-locality, remote viewing, how to basically communicate with these spirits. And if you watch his documentary, Dr. Dr. Stephen Greer's documentary on contact, you'll see they make it. You'll see they make it. They go out into the wilderness, uh, have a little seance, a little transcendental meditation, and there is documentable footage where they are making contact with these bright lights that will just appear and then come and, and do and do what they say. They'll make contact and they'll come and they'll come towards them and you know all that stuff. They'll tell them where to go and it's 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 interesting to watch. They didn't even have to lock their doors either. Yeah, they didn't didn't even lock their doors. So that was actually not the part. What happened? I think it skipped. It skipped. Um, let me just just forgive me, guys. Let me just play real fast here. Sky British. Okay, here we go. Uh, he's dead now. He says yes. When we did that, we we kicked a hornet's nest because we actually disrupted their entire system. And remember, entanglement. We think straight line speed of light, well, EMP, EMP electromagnetic pulses are going to reach Alpha Centauri or some star system. But these so-called longitudinal or scalar waves that are, it's a point that goes out in a straight line without the wave function. Those are multiples of speed of light and they're highly disruptive. And so this is something that the senators and the president don't know. So there's a whole scientific brief that has to be done on how do we get to this place. And because it's been mismanaged, this creates an existential threat for the whole planet, that we have people who don't understand it, who should, and the people who do understand it are weaponizing those systems.
And by the way, we're, that's how we have downed dozens and dozens of extraterrestrial vehicles. We're using these advanced energy weapons, but not the ones at the speed of light, the ones that are, are longitudinal or scalar. And those are ground-based, sea-based, space-based. We have NRO satellites with these things on them. And we can detect an extraterrestrial vehicle when it's dropping down out of trans-dimensional. So in other words, when it's not 3D, but it's moved in through these other dimensions, and it's about to quote-unquote materialize, there's a neutrino light scatter. So uh, he's having a discussion here. It's near the tail end of the show, guys. And forgive me, something happened where the video skipped here. I had it just on the spot. I needed it. But I'll, I'll describe to you what you're going to hear uh, from Greer. And I think I'll do it uh, just about right. Um, he's, you'll hear him mentioning occultism and spiritism and communication with uh, the spirit realm. You'll hear him describing it in a really unique way. He avoids, well, he doesn't completely avoid, like when he talks about non-locality and remote viewing, he's using the standard fare language that you would get from the New Age, but he talks about this practice of communication with um, beings who are millions of light years away in terms of technology. And so he talks about the technology that he teaches and he engages in to communicate across the universe because we're actually entangled. Um, and uh, this goes back to, you know, uh, the, this, this, the way that we t typically describe this. There are two, uh, there are two basic worldviews. There's oneism and twoism. Oneism and twoism. Uh, oneism, Peter Jones uh, gave us this. I think it's fantastic. Oneism is essentially the perspective of, of all the world religions and uh, New Age, whatever they might be, oneism is that all of us are a part of this one thing, the universe itself. Uh, the gods come from that one thing. They come from that as well. They're part of this cre They're part of this thing, this universe, the universe, one. We're all one. And so that is the, that's mm -hmm. the new age thing. Like right. we're all one with the universe. You got to learn to make contact with other beings and we're all one and the gods are part of this universe, all the rest. There's oneism and then there's twoism. That's the Christian worldview. The biblical worldview is there's a creator and there's a creation. There's a distinction between the creator and the creation. And so it, there's, there's the oneism, twoism thing. Now, the way that Dr. Greer describes it in terms of communication and occultism is we can communicate with beings who are millions of light years away because actually we're entangled. We're, we're all entangled. And so your, your thoughts can communicate across the universe millions of light years away in an instant. And so you just need to learn... Like a nuclear test. Yeah, yeah. You just need to learn to, to basically um, be able to be... There's non-locality and there's remote viewing. You need to be able to, to get out of your body into that realm to communicate. And so Greer claims to have had communication with these beings. And he teaches you the technology to be able to communicate across the universe with these beings. Mm. And again, uh, I highly encourage you to do it. Go watch uh, Stephen Greer's Fifth Kind documentary, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. It switches from this is all observation and scientific to it's just straight occultism. Yeah. And that's what he gets into here. It goes from observation and science to now I want to teach you how to do occultism. And so he promotes his app. And the app teaches you to communicate with wow. spirits. It's crazy. I mean, 
It's as obvious as yeah, on the face of it. Yeah, no hiding it. Yeah, that's what's crazy is they've just <clears throat> they've kind of hijacked the occultism and just given it different names. It's just repackaging. Yeah, exactly. It's just repackaging it for the modern mind. Right. And yeah. It wants to think scientifically and with technology. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's already been in terms of all the the like upfront uh, like atheist humanist leaders or minds that have sort of shaped the movement that's always been an option like even in terms of like what came before us what aliens has always been um for some reason an acceptable answer to a lot of atheist Mm -hmm. humanists um so yeah it's really not new it's just it's becoming more common i also do think that um i think that as much as it's being sort of repackaged in like a more scientific way, I also think the new age is becoming more acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I get, and I, I'm sure the two work hand in hand, but it's well, not as, it's not considered as, as weird or woo woo to ex- even just experiment with the new age. Right. It's almost as though people, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of atheists out there that just materialistic atheists, but I think a lot of people have realized that they don't totally consistently live as though material is all that exists. And so then you have this um, sort of weird uh, religious, very new age uh, version of, atheism Mm -hmm. (laughs) um that i don't know that's sort of like expanding they're expanding this you know and they're it's all in the name of like being open-minded and right um healthy skepticism or whatever but i i don't know i think it's it's probably one of the most popular religions well yeah in the united states right now what was that movie what was that show We, we did something on it i think early on in apology of radio's history what was that show with uh, was it Dr. Ben Stein? It was his thing on oh, atheism. Yeah. What was that uh, called? Shoot. That documentary he did. Well, even even in that documentary, the one about um, like higher ed. Yeah, basically like in... the, the indo- indoctrination. Was it called indoctrination? Oh, I actually think that is. What I think it's that's what it was called yeah. indoctrination. And and in there even as as Stein presses on these atheists and their evolutionary worldview. Because that's, I think that's really what it's about. Um, you even have, I believe it was Dawkins. It was one it of the famous Dawkins, atheists yeah. that said, like, well, perhaps we were just seated here by a higher, higher alien race. Yeah, they seated us here, and that that's where this ultimately goes. See, it's it's not just about the evidence. It's it's a worldview issue. Is that he, uh, Dawkins doesn't want to have God, but he's going to have some meaningful and coherent explanation for human Expelled. life. That's what it was. Expelled. There yeah. you go. That was oh, actually really good. Go. It was. Really it was good. really good. And so Dawkins, when pressed in that documentary, he even says, well, perhaps we were even, uh, you know, seated here by higher alien intelligence. And that's kind of where this stuff will ultimately go is like you you can't have a creator creation distinction. And so you have to have some answer. And, you know, we're all one. And there's these other alien species and races that evolved to much, much further back than we did. And so because of that, you know, we can have these visitations and they're all part of the same universe as us in this uh, universe of chaos and time and chance. And so you can talk to them. And so here's an app. It's nine ninety. It's nine ninety nine, by the way, for the app. Um, 
I'm not going to buy it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but, but it teaches Is there a free trial? You, yeah, it's, it's a free trial so I can look at it. Are you making a sales pitch Yeah. This, well, no, I was saying, and I'll just I'll end with this. It, this is, I said, standard fare. It's common. Um, when I was young, I was like 14, 13, 14 years old. I was big into the martial arts, not a Christian. And, you know, what I grew up was the was the combat martial arts stuff. That's what I grew up with, like how to fight. It was just, it was straight fighting. And, but I was really always intrigued by ninjutsu. And so I started getting into ninjutsu for a bit. I had a ninjutsu instructor and I got all these books and everything else. And so I spent time in that realm of martial arts. Uh, not all martial arts have occultism attached to them, but this one certainly did. And I remember distinctly uh, reading the book on ninjutsu, the first couple chapters. And the one thing it wanted you to do to start doing was to learn to meditate and get out of your body, remote viewing was being taught in this book on ninjutsu. And so I was like 13, 14 years old, lights out in the corner of my room for hours trying to trying to get into, you know, transcendental meditation, exiting my body and viewing people from far away, miles away. And, uh, and you know, it's in ninjutsu, it's in the new age, it's just, it's standard fare. Now it's in the world of UAPs and UFOs. Mm. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, take a look, everybody. It's a very interesting conversation to have. Okay, so Brandon Robertson, again, if you guys are just jumping in, has agreed to come on Apologia Radio. He'll be on next week's episode. That's what's being planned right now. Dr. James White and myself will be here at the table with Brandon Robertson, popular gay theologian. And so I thought we'll do a preliminary thing here and talk about, let you hear what the man says. This is Brandon Robertson. Uh, it's a longer video. It's on his YouTube channel. The video is about 31 minutes. I'd love to do every piece of it, but I thought, well, let's just take a piece of it and deal with that. This is Brandon Robertson uh, attempting to give an interpretation of Leviticus chapter 18 uh, from his perspective uh, that it's not actually talking about uh, gay sex. It's not about homosexuality. It's about something different. And so let's uh, make sure that we're, as Christians, listening to what he's saying and filtering what he's saying through the text itself and being aware of the common tactics of many who attempt to disrupt uh, the biblical narrative or, or, or biblical truth uh, via proof texting. And so you're going to see that very clearly here in just a moment. You guys feel free to stop me at any time. Here's Brandon Robertson on Leviticus chapter 18. LGBT and the verses and places people find anti-LGBT sentiment from the Bible are not actually as powerful of weapons as they think they are. Leviticus 18 is a chapter in the Levitical law given to the nation of Israel, to the Jewish people only. That's what the book of Leviticus is. It's a section of 612 laws given to the nation of Israel exclusively, to the Jewish people exclusively, about ritual behaviors that they are supposed to practice within their religion, within their land. Leviticus 18 verse 1 and verse 2 essentially say, and this is my summary, do not be like the Egyptians, where I am bringing you from, or the Canaanites, to which I am bringing you to. Remain pure, because I am the Lord your God. Leviticus 18, that chapter, is a series of divine dictates for the people of Israel to keep them pure and unlike Israel or Canaan. Or unlike uh, Egypt and Canaan. They were just coming out of captivity in Egypt, and they are just about to conquer the land of Canaan. And so... God is saying there's going to be cultures and the influence of these cultures and these religions that you're going to come in contact with. You should not bring those 
cultural influences with you. You should maintain a strict cultural and religious distinction from these other cultures. And if you go through the list of Leviticus 18, there are a number of strange commands that are clearly not moral commands, but are very specific ritual commands. For, for instance, Leviticus 18, verse 20, the verse right before the one that says, a man shall not lie with a man as with a woman, says, do not sacrifice your child to Molech. So, uh, first, for a start, um, Brandon makes the claim that Leviticus is a book that deals mostly with like ceremonial type stuff. And we're not dealing with morality that affects the nations or that God expects for the nations to obey. And so this is a book, Leviticus, that's just for the Jews. And it's just about particular religious practices and ceremonial stuff uh, that, you know, is supposed to preserve the Jewish people as a Jewish people and not identify them as Egyptians. And so we're not really talking about moral things here. We're really talking about ceremonial type stuff. And this is just religious stuff for the people of, of Israel. Now, if you're a careful student of Scripture, you don't need to read very far into Leviticus to realize that that claim is a bogus claim. Yeah. It's easily refuted. Like, for example, Brandon wants to try to say that this is about religious customs and it's about purity laws, those sorts of things. It's not really about moral things, and these things only really pertain to Israel because that's really what the book of Leviticus is about, right? It's just about ceremonial stuff and the people of Israel only. It's only for the people of Israel. That's what Leviticus is about. It's laws pertaining to the people of Israel. Okay, let's challenge that. So that's Leviticus 18. I'm going to show you that from Levit Leviticus 18 itself that that's a very bogus claim. It, it shows that you, you haven't read the text. You won't be faithful to the text. But let's just try this. That's Leviticus 18. Let's jump ahead just to Leviticus 19, shall we? So in Leviticus 19, let's see if this sounds like um, ceremonial laws. Leviticus 19, uh, starting in verse 9. Uh, when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right up to its edge. Neither shall you gather the gleanings after your harvest, and you shall not strip your vineyard bare. Neither shall you leave, gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. So here we have a law about caring for the poor and the sojourner among them, so loving their neighbor. Verse 11, this is 19. You should not steal, you should not deal falsely, you should not lie to one another. Does that sound like mm. that's just for Israel? That's not for the surrounding nations? God certainly doesn't care if the Egyptians lie or steal, right? That's not pertaining to them. You should not lie or steal, you should not deal falsely, you should not lie to one another. You shall not swear by my name falsely and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. Do you think God's fine with Egyptians profaning the name of God? you think the Egyptians, God's fine with uh, the, uh, anybody else uh, actually profaning God's name, swearing falsely? Here we go. You shall not oppress your neighbor or rob him. The wages of a hired worker shall not remain with you all night until the morning. You've got to pay your workers for their work. you think that justice for Israel? That's just that's not that's not moral instruction for the nations as image bearers of God. That's just for Israel, the the people of God. That's just ceremonial stuff. You shall not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block before the blind, but you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. Verse 15 of chapter 19. You shall not you shall do no injustice in court. That's just for Israel? Is that ceremonial? You should do no injustice in court. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great, but in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. I'd like to see these laws practiced in the United States of America. How about you guys? 
Even mm-hmm. just slightly. Slight, just a li- How about we take five of these? That'd be nice. <laughs> you shall not go around as a slanderer among your people, and you shall not stand up against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. That's just for Israel, not for the Egyptians. This isn't moral instruction. This isn't the law of God for his image bearers. This is just for Israel. You shall not hate your brother in your heart. And that sounds entirely Christian to me. But you shall reason frankly with your neighbor, lest you incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people. But you shall love your—wait a minute. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Now, I don't know. That sounds like pretty basic Christian instruction to me. I think Jesus said something like that. Jesus did say that. That's funny. Jesus was quoting from Leviticus. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Is Jesus, God incarnate, referring back to Leviticus, which Luke, as you know, is just ceremonial stuff, not dealing with moral stuff, right. to the nations. This is an instruction for to, from God to people of how to love God and love neighbor. Jesus also said that he did not come to abolish this. Yeah. But to fulfill it. That's right. Matthew 5, 17 through 19, I did not come to abolish the law. May namasete, do not even begin to think that I've come to abolish the law. The prophets have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. If anyone teaches someone to break even the least of these commandments, they'll be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But if you do them and teach them, you'll be called great in the kingdom of heaven. That's Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. New Testament, New Covenant, uh, Jesus. Interesting. A very different perspective than Brandon Robertson. But... Another thing that needs to be noted here is that Brandon makes the claim that this section about men with men is just really about, it's not, it's for the people of Israel. It's not for the surrounding nations. This is just for the people of Israel. But brothers and sisters, if you would just simply read the text, Leviticus chapter 18 says this, verse 22, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. Toeva. It means loathsome or detestable. It is loathsome or detestable. It is not simply ceremonial, ceremonial, ceremonially unclean. That word toeva is the same word used in Proverbs chapter 20 when God says uh, unequal weights and measures are an abomination in his eyes. Uh, that's unequal weights and measures. That's not about being ceremonial and clean. That is about moral perversion. It's the same word that God uses when he says that there are six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. And in there is someone who causes division, someone um, uh, who, is, who has blood on their hands. Uh, so the, the whole thing of even discord amongst brethren, God says that's loathsome and detestable. It's not just ceremonial uncleanness. It is detestable, loathsome to God. But here's what God says. And you shall not lie with any animal, and so make yourself unclean with it. Do you think, seriously? Brandon, I, I mean this w- with respect to you. I want you to know Christ. Do you really think that this is a good interpretation of the text? Because... It says not to lie with animals. Are you saying that that was just command to the people of Israel? It wasn't to something that God wanted the Egyptians to follow? Like, do you think under the New Covenant, Brandon, that sex with animals is a good thing? That it's a good moral, happy thing to have sex with animals in the New Covenant? Because the text says you should not, you should not uncover the, your brother's wife. You shall not uncover, take your son's daughter or her daughter's daughter to uncover her nakedness. They are relatives. It is depravity. You shall not take a woman as a rival wife to your sister. I think those are good commands, 
like not just for Israel, but for the nations, you should not have sex with an animal. That Do you think that's just for Israel? But it goes further. Do not make yourselves unclean by any of these things for, and here we go, just Israel, by all these, the nations I am driving out before you have become unclean. And the land became unclean, mm-hmm. so that I punished its iniquity, and the land vomited out its inhabitants. You shall keep my statutes and rules and do none of these abominations, lest the land, verse 28, vomit you out. So, interestingly, all a person has to do is listen to Brandon, open the text, and simply read it. To realize that Brandon's interpretation is so bootleg and so totally bankrupt um, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, honestly, it's incomprehensible that a person would make an attempt when everyone has access to the text themselves. This is just for the people of Israel. Interestingly, love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's just for Israel. That's not a command of God. Don't steal. Don't lie to your neighbor. Don't abuse handicapped people. That's just to Israel. That's not moral commands. That's ceremonial commands. Don't have sex with animals. That's just for Israel. And then God explicitly says that he has driven out and punished the surrounding nations for doing these practices. So let's test it. It's just for Israel, not for the surrounding nations. So why does he say he drove them out? Why why does he say he punished those surrounding nations for engaging in those perversions? All someone has to do is simply open the text, Brandon. And so this is what I've said, you know, when I said last week on the show, this is pure deception, it's deception. Um, you've, you've read the text, apparently, Brandon. You've read the text, and yet, even having read the text, you try to find ways to get around the clear teaching of the text. Just say that this is for Israel and not the surrounding nations, when literally two verses later, God says that he punishes the surrounding nations for engaging in these practices. I don't want you guys to speak here, but I'll just say one more thing. Brandon doesn't think like the apostles. Brandon doesn't think like the leaders of the early church. Brandon doesn't think like the inspired apostles because, and I want to read this to you here, in Romans chapter 3, the apostle Paul gives his explanation of the gospel, and in Romans chapter 3, he says something actually really important about the law of God itself. First, in teaching that the law of God can't justify you, he then goes on to teach about the law of God this. Verse 19 of chapter 3 of Romans. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be stopped, and here it is, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. God says very clearly from his word, inspired apostle, something very different than Brandon Robertson believes. The same law, Paul says, that can't justify anybody. It'll never justify anybody. It is through faith apart from the works of the law, Romans 3.28. You can't be justified by the law. Paul says that same law is going to be used to shut the mouth of the whole world. Do you think that includes Jews and Gentiles? Not just Jews, but Gentiles also? Yes, Gentiles also. Um, (laughs) So what's interesting is that you, you start this discussion, and it's like, Brandon, anybody can simply open the text and walk with you through your explanation and say, Brandon, can you keep reading? Two verses down, it refutes your interpretation. 
and Brandon wants to 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 constantly play this game of like, well, in context and in context. And actually, if you look at it in its context and take the background and the context, Brandon, two verses later, can we have that for context? Just two. That's all. Just two verses. Can we move two verses past where you're at and actually talk about sex with animals as well? And, oh, these are abominations and God actually punishes the surrounding nations for engaging in these things? I think it's important for us to, to make sure that we're handling the text faithfully. Now, Brandon may not care. Brandon may not care to handle the text faithfully. Brandon may actually believe that the text has been corrupted, that not all of it is divinely inspired, theanoustos, word of God. He may believe that he has the freedom to manipulate and change things or toss things out. He may have the, he may think he has the ability to call Jesus a racist and say that Jesus repented of sin, those sorts of things. Uh, but that's not how someone would actually behave if they believe that God has spoken and these are his words and that they're true. How, how are you going to say that you follow Jesus? Okay, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And Jesus says in John 17, 17, your word is truth. God's revelation, God's word is the truth. How are you going to say that you follow that one, that you're a follower of Jesus, and you deny that his word is actually the truth and the standard for all of life, for all of the world? How can you say that? Interesting. You guys go ahead. I was just going to say that, you know, on its face, like these questions you're asking to me seem facetious, but I, they're valid questions. And if he, you know, wants to be consistent, right, in, in what he's saying, then he should say, yeah, you should be allowed to have sex with animals. You should be able to uh, have sex with your daughter, you know, and go down the list. And so they're valid questions to ask him. Like, if you're going to make this claim, then you need to be consistent here. It's just for Israel. So can can we right. have sex with relatives? Right. Can we have sex with animals? Exactly. Can I abuse the sojourner? Um, yep. Can I lie? You know, it's easy for someone, because most people haven't read Leviticus. It's easy for someone to say, Leviticus is that strange book of law that has a lot of laws that pertain to Israel. It's like, well, you should probably read that book. Because Jesus quoted from it and said, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. He's quoting from Leviticus. Apparently, Jesus liked the book of Leviticus. We should, too. There's a lot in Leviticus that has everything to do with loving God and loving yeah. neighbor, which, by the way, it's what Jesus said. He said all the law and the prophets are built upon love for God, love for neighbor. That means that everything in that book of Leviticus, according to Jesus, not Brandon Robertson, according to Jesus, everything in the book of Leviticus is about loving God and loving neighbor. And if you read Leviticus, again, 18 and 19, just read those two chapters and you'll see there's a lot of love for God and love for neighbor there. It's not simply ceremonial law. There's stuff, I mean, like, look, uh, sorry, having sex with an animal is, is far beyond ceremonial law. Yeah. Far beyond ceremonial law. And when it's called unclean and a perversion, it's because that's a moral failing. That's not how God created you. God created the world in a specific way for men and women to be in a relationship with each other. Jesus says that when he's taught, when he asks a question about marriage, he says, have you not read that from the beginning God made them male and female, and a man shall leave his father and mother, another set of male and female, and cleave to his wife, become one flesh. This was from the very beginning. That's how God made the world. And so why are these things so sinful? Why is it detestable? Why is it loathsome? Why is it perversion when God refers to sleeping with relatives or he refers to having sex with animals or men with men? It's because that's not how God made the world. And if you believe that God has spoken, then these are his words. And you're either going to believe them and try to obey them or you're not. 
See, I, I think that's the main point I would want to make to Brandon. I'll probably make this make this to him next week if time permits. Is that's kind of the main thing for me? Is Brandon why pretend, right? Like why why say I'm following Jesus when you don't believe these words and you have to mangle them and twist them and rip them out of their context and avoid two verses down? It clearly contradicts what I'm claiming. Just two verses down, but hopefully nobody sees that because I still want to be seen as a a practicing Christian who is also gay. And so that's, that's why I think, uh, you know, why do it? You know, at least some people are more brave with their commitments. Like atheists are just like, I don't believe it. I think it's garbage. I think it's all a lie. I think it's all fake. I don't believe it. At least people like that, you got to, you know, give them, give them thumbs up props. Like, like, hey, at least you're being honest, right? At least you're being honest. But like, why say, well, I, I like some of the things about Jesus, but I really don't like, you know, that he draws from the book of Leviticus because that's just a book that's heavy with law and just, you know, it's all about ceremonial stuff. And, you know, I, I think we can disregard most of that stuff. You know, I kind of think treating the sojourner well is an important thing. And yeah, loving your like neighbor nice as you love yourself is, is an important moral obligation to everybody, Egyptian and Israelite alike. Joy, anything? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know exactly what to say. <laughs> no problem. I can, I, I can add some more. I feel like you... Uh, you covered it well. Okay. Well, uh, I do. I do think that the the, especially when it comes to like the distinction between the types of laws, I think people get easily confused, and I don't think it's something that a lot of, um, churches are discipling their people right. in, and so it kind of seems like, um, like you said, at face value, it seems the. I mean, the big argument, especially when it comes to sexuality tends to be like, well, does it really mean what we've been pretending it means this whole time? It doesn't really mean that. Here, just look at it this way, and you'll see it doesn't really mean that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think that a lot of it, like you said, you just have to look at the text yeah. to know that that, it, that refutes itself. Um, and, and, yeah, I think, and that's, that's the, 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 thing, the point we can land on there the most is you simply have to look at the text, and it's easy for someone like Brandon Robertson to to give somebody a song, uh, you know, yeah. listen to listen to my tune about this text in Leviticus. It's you know most ceremonial stuff. It's about Israel. It's easy, especially to- when a lot of people have already been a lot of a lot of people have not even been well discipled in the transmission of the text, right? Um, and so a lot of people do think, oh well, and and especially you know, there's these these little side conversations happening about splits and denominations it's like well i don't i just believe the bible like there's just lots of i think there's lots of really bad discipleship that lets yeah. these arguments it's a problem of the pulpit slide by yeah. it's a problem yeah. of the pulpit yeah. for sure yeah. and and you know it, it's a perfect storm for someone like brandon robertson to enter into and to take a text like this and say Hey, you know, this was just about Israel. It's not for not for anybody else. It wasn't for the Israelites. Well, it's undeniably something that he also heard at yeah. some point. He was taught from someone else too, which mean it's means it's being taught, and right. it's a it's a form of. I've been thinking about this a lot recently, um, and just the way that we flatter the arguments, the the lengths we've gone to flatter people who are living in sin. Mm. We lie to them to make yeah. them feel better, and then mm-hmm. we don't have to give them this hard truth, so it makes us feel better. We love to soften the blow, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we do. And and again, uh, li- like you said, you're you're getting an argument like this from Brandon, 
in the context of a very ignorant Christian communion, where he goes to Leviticus 18, gives an explanation to a, a culture and a people that haven't read Leviticus 18. And they and if they did, they would just go, well, I just know that I've heard that some of it's ceremonial right. and some of right. it, like some of it doesn't apply today. Mm-hmm. And some of them may have even been taught that like none of the law applies today. Well, just... I, yeah, someone like Andy Stanley. Right. I mean, you're literally teaching in an evangelical church, if that has any meaning whatsoever anymore, I don't think it does, uh, that we unhitch Christianity from the Old Testament, that none of this stuff applies anymore. Right. And you've even got, you know, popular guys like, uh, you know, in that vein of like Jeff Volker and mm-hmm. New Covenant right. Theology, you know, guys that actually overall are solid dudes. I mean, like someone like Jeff Volker, super sweet, just a great, great, loving, wonderful man. But teaches essentially the same thing. Like, you know, that's all done away with. It's all irrelevant. Like, you don't appeal to any of that unless it's explicitly mentioned in a New Testament. It's done away with. And it's like, which well, I mean, even this the, on this topic, it is definitely yeah. explicitly yeah. mentioned in the New Testament. I mean, even things like, um, well, okay, does that mean even the sex of the animals? I mean, like that kind right. of stuff as well. And you don't see the apostles holding to that perspective of the law of God. They just assume it's continuity and validity. Right. They just assume it. And it's only when you get inspired revelation from God that tells you, oh, no, this holiness code was fulfilled in Christ. Here's what it meant. It doesn't apply anymore because that boundary wall is taken down. That's where you have inspired revelation from God of, guys, that was only preparing you, like teaching Mm -hmm. you holiness, teaching you to be separate from the nations. And, oh, Jesus fulfilled that now. So that's it's done. The shadow's over with because we got the substance. That, of course, you'll see a transition in administration between the Old and the New Covenant. You'll see those changes. But it's amazing. You'll even see the Apostle Paul assume things like the death penalty, like that's actually a valid thing. Mm -hmm. If I've done anything worthy of death, I don't object to dying. Uh, You'll see him uh, appealing to animal husbandry laws, don't muzzle the ox while it treads the grain. You'll see him appealing to even laws about like... um, where they cleaned the leaven out of your house. Like even that practice mm-hmm. that was prepping them, teaching them in a story to rehearse getting sent out of their lives, to be separate. He even says, like, you don't do that in the same way anymore, but you still need to clean the leaven out, the malice, all those things. Mm-hmm. And so we're not under the training wheels anymore, certainly, but the law of God clearly abides it clearly abides. And if you have any question about that, again, listen to what Pastor Luke said about Jesus, Matthew 5, 17 through 19. Jesus said he didn't come to do that. Listen to Paul in Romans three thirty one. after he says the law won't justify you. He says, do we then make void the law through faith? He says, no, we actually established the law. Which law do we establish? The same one he says can't justify you. That's the discussion. The law can't justify you. Can't justify anybody. It's going to close everyone's mouths. We are justified by faith apart from the works of the law. So do we, do we then make void the law? Which one? The same one that won't justify? No, we actually establish it because of Jesus. So very different perspective than the modern evangelical regarding the law of God by the inspired apostles. Um, but at, I'll end with this because I know we're going over time here now. But that was Leviticus. So we got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Okay. Deuteronomy is Deuteros, Namas, it's second law, the second giving of the law. And in Deuteronomy chapter 4, this is how the Word of God speaks about the law of God. Mm. Contrary to Brandon's claims about the law of God just giving to Israel, it's for Israel, um, this is what God says about his law. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 5. 
He says, See, I have taught you statutes and rules as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do them in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. Keep them and do them, for that will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who, when they hear all these statutes, will say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon him? And what great nation is there that has statutes and rules so righteous as all this law that I set before you today? That's what God says about his law. Sorry, Brandon. Seems pretty clear. Brandon. You know, my challenge to you is this, is you've already apostatized from the Christian faith. You've already denied fundamentals of the Christian faith. Why hang on, right? Like, why why profess faith in the Lord of glory when you deny his word? Why do it? Right. Like, Brandon, here's here's what I'm saying to you. I want you to know Jesus. I want you to be forgiven. I I am praying for you. I really am. But you are lost, and Scripture would would call you a deceiver. Because you are. You're taking Christian language, you're adopting Christian language, and yet you're perverting the very foundation underneath it. And in such obvious ways, Brandon, such obvious ways, because the way that you talk about the law of God, and you'll give you know a proof text here or there from Leviticus, is not the way that God's talking about it in the very chapter that you're referring to, and then beyond. God talks about his law as a blessing to all the peoples, that all the nations are supposed to see it and go, wow, that's righteous. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's good. It was supposed to be something that attracted even the world to that kind of justice and righteousness in Israel because it's the law of God. And it's the same law of God that's going to shut the mouth of the entire world, Romans chapter 3, and it's the same law of God that God says that he is holding the nations accountable to, and he's actually punishing them for engaging in these things. So there you go. Uh, Pray for Brandon, everybody. Pray that God opens his eyes to the truth. Pray for next week, our discussion yeah. with him. We hope that it's a valuable and a good discussion. And I um, want to encourage everybody to please go check out endabortionnow.com for updates on what's going on around the country. I'm going to be in Alabama next week on Saturday. No, I think Saturday's the day. I'll let everyone know my social media stuff. We are going to uh, be in Alabama for a pastor's meeting. we got a bill in Alabama as well. we got a bill in Ohio as well. We got bills across the country. We also just dropped the discussion that we were able to have before Colorado legislators two weeks ago. It's right here in Apologia Studios. Do check that out, everybody. That is Luke the Bear. That's Joy the Girl. We'll catch you next week. Wait, did you want to say something? I was just going to say, uh, as I forgot to mention at the beginning, our sponsors. I'm tired today. Forgive me. Just want to thank, as always, uh, uh, Armored Republic. (laughs) I can't remember their name. He's tired. He's tired. <laughs> and what time uh, do you get home I have coffee. I, I need my coffee. Did you get home at midnight? I got home at 1230. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, also New St. Andrews College. Check them out. NSA.edu. And I was going to mention there's two important birthdays this week. One of them's an old man, and the other one is Apologia Church, which is now officially a teenager. The old so, man. Right. The, the old, old miss. man. The old miss. I turned 45 years old this week. Yep. Really? You, yeah. Yep. It's it. I, I will admit, it's the one birthday where I, I went, huh? Halfway. Yeah. Maybe? You 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 sort of go, huh? Okay. <laughs> like it's happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when you're in your 30s, you're more, it's more like ah, it's another year, whatever. You hit 45 and you're just like, oh, it's happening. I'm 
I'm getting there. Yeah. I'm getting now there. Now headed to death. Yeah. I don't know. Closer to Jesus. Spiral. Closer to Jesus than you. I feel like the older you get to, though, you start to hear numbers like that, and you're like, that's not, that's still, that's still young. Yeah. No, I feel great. Like, I'm, I mean, I do. I feel great. I feel young, healthy, all that stuff. But, you know, 45. And then I also got Pastor James, like, sending me messages like, hey, old man, you're going to start <laughs> feeling like the creaks in your joints. Get ready for the pains and like. That's come from someone who's 450 years old. I know, I know, but he makes sure that I know. Like yeah. he's like, hey, what he said. Okay, I'll let you guys all hear the last um, message, Pastor James. I mean, this back. guy, this is the same guy that is older than all of the sourdough strands we're talking about. <laughs> True that. Um, so this is. Um, everything together, like. Um, he, okay, he says um, <laughs> this is this is his this is Pastor James' birthday love to me. Hope you had a great birthday, old man. Just think how soon you'll be 50, a full half century old, ever nearer to the grave. Isn't it great? <laughs> that was his message to me. Wow. Happy birthday, Jeff. <laughs> You're going to die. That's a very, uh, that's very, that's a very reformed yeah, birthday a, wish. That's a very Dr. <laughs> he loves me. Wish too, so. And that was his loving birthday gift to me. It's like, You're almost dead. Isn't that great? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. That'll be the best day of your life. That's all I got. Uh, P.S. If you didn't hear, Pastor James and I are doing a public debate on April 1st at the University of Utah with two atheists on does morality depend upon God? That's happening April 1st in Salt Lake City. Did you pick that date on purpose? I didn't. I think Jason did. Jason set it up. I think he did. did, Yeah, Yeah, he did. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll catch you next week. Don't forget to sign up for all access at ApologiaStudios.com. We're thankful for all of you guys. God bless you. We love you. Bye-bye.